sense. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And right now, you're sitting at home thinking, wow, podcasts are so cool. I wish I could do a podcast. You're also thinking, hey, I have no time. I have no no way of doing it. I've got to work. I've got to take care of my kids. So what me and Stone have invented to is a new technology that you may know as AI. That's right. Type in a couple of prompts, walk away, automatic podcast, 45 minutes long. Dude, we might be AI right now. We might be MF Dooming this whole thing. Exactly. You never you know. know. <laughs> right now, you know, I'm an iPhone 10 R, you know what I'm saying? Just just vibing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that A12 chip buzzing along. <laughs> You know, you know what's so funny? Like the the AI is gonna say something that like I can't like support, you know. And I think like you know, I'm just like like I, you know, I love Leia Del Rey. Her album last album was great, you know. Or like Beyonce sucks. Lauren Hill was not the best female rapper of all time. Like it's gonna get like Harry get me in Styles, trouble. best black singer ever. <laughs> it's gonna do something get us in trouble, dude. Uh, basically, we start off with AI because that's all the rage. I mean, you you got things from AI songs doing big enough numbers to basically get pulled from Spotify. You've got artists like Grimes announcing that, yo, my voice is open season. If you make something dope, just give me half. It's uh, We've kind of entered a new era. And, um, you know, a lot of it is tech bro stuff because everybody wants to be in a new technology. You'll have a whole bunch of scammers. But, you know, as anybody who kind of keeps the ear to the street, a lot of it is legit. A lot of work is currently being done on AI. Not to say that work wasn't necessarily always being done in AI. You know, SEO exists for a reason. You have a lot of content, mill farm web pages. But now it's like legit, legit, where articles are being written, art's being used from album covers. It's like the, the, the future is here, long story short. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting time. Um, so basically, what happened in the past like couple weeks is that you know they had like the Drake twenty one was it was it Drake in um, Weekend track Weekends that yeah. dropped. Um, and you know, I think what scared a lot of people is that you know, I mean, audio files like us, I feel like we were kind of like oh, it's a little sus, but it was yeah. just enough for certain people to be like, oh, this is hot. And then, like, people who knew those AI was like, oh, it's hot anyway, right? And I think that's scaring a lot of people. Um, not just, you know, musicians, obviously, but obviously, like, labels. You know, there's a lot of copyright that's involved. Um, the copyright is not even, like, we're still trying to, like, you know, like, do something with MP3s, you know, <laughs> with copyright law. Like, <laughs> we're a whole new level uh, in terms of copyright law. So, that, like, I think that kind of scared a lot of people, um, and kind of made people realize that this is real, like, and this is coming. And you know, obviously, maybe the weekend doesn't sound quite right. Maybe the Drake doesn't sound quite right. But you know, by the end of the year, you might not tell the difference. Yeah, and then, and then I hate to say it, like if, if anything, 
and I'm not going to say it's a big harbinger for what's to come, but you know, we went, f- you know, music in the modern era is known for being good enough audiophile wise, you know, before it was like, Oh, records to have the warmness. Then it was the CD because it sounds exactly like the way it does in the studio. And now it's like, yeah, fuck it. It streams. Let's play it from here. You know what I'm saying? And shitty Bluetooth speakers, you, you know, at the end of the day. So I, it's, I, I just, it's, yeah. So that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think like that's kind of it's, it's really interesting. I was on like a a Twitter Spaces and people were talking about this, and like there are two different arguments, right? Like there's one where somebody was just kind of like, you know, yeah, this is a threat. Like everybody's kind of you know every artist should watch their back, you know. And then there's the other argument, you know, that I think is a more hopeful one with this is that you know everybody thought that hologram Tupac was going to be a thing. You know, Coachella, yeah. and I think that, <laughs> it's actually kind of crazy. That's like ten years ago or something like that. Like that was like hey. a while back. And you know, we're thinking there's going to be hologram concerts and hologram like this and that. There's going to be a Michael Jackson on tour, you know, with Biggie, um, and that didn't happen. And like the the hopeful argument that was made was that you know there's there's something about music that still requires a physical connection. And there's something that, you know, like, like people who are fans of music still want to have that connection to like a artist, right? A human being. And that's why Hologram Tupac didn't take off. And that's why this will also not take off, which is the hopeful argument, which I can see. I I, I really kind of hope that's the case. No, yeah, no. Even the Jay-Z song I remember flying around also, or I think it was supposed to be uh you know, it's it sounded like a little old school premiere beat. It sounded like serviceable. I think at the end of the day, the problem is the fact that it's still art, right? So, if anybody has created music or did a little bit of songwriting or or did some, you know, has a little bit of experience, it's not really hard to create a song. To create a song, it's not hard. You have a certain level of fucking. It's generally the same chord changes. You know, verse, chorus, verse. Kind of we've, we've heard, listened to it so often, we know the basic pattern. The problem is, how do you make a good song? How do you make a song that kind of hits people? You know what I'm saying? You've got the idea of where, like, even, like I remember one of the ones flying around, it actually got resurrected because I remember, I think a year or two ago, there was a very prim- primitive um, Nirvana song that was quote-unquote done by AI. And because the AI talk is happening again, it rose up. And my thing is, yeah, you can kind of do Nirvana, but at the end of the day, like, you know, smells like teen syrup. <laughs> smells like teen syrup. <laughs> Um, Smells Like Teen Spirit is, is still a singular song. It's for, it's like, it's literally like four chords, a mulatto and albino. There's nothing really special about that song, but it's the pieces that kind of come together and hit you. And that's the thing is like, I think you'll be able to make a lot of AI songs, but at the end of the day, it'll always only make it generic. And it's always been kind of a certain level of AI tools of where, you know, like I know of certain AI mastering tools, you know, as you previously mentioned, everybody knows, you know, auto-tune. There's a certain level of the way computers work that you can kind of have a computer look at something and do some of the work. But the thing is, if artists, you can't do all of the work because at the end of the day, it has to have the human connection. If, if it's just going to pump out like, you know, generic ass semi-jazzy fucking you know neo soul renaissance beats nobody cares it's just like you still need something on top of it i think what's cool about it is that it'll help with like music creators if you know how to do certain things it'll add to it but that's the same exact thing auto-tune did you know what I'm saying everybody was on some like with auto-tune it'll be singing will be over it'll just be xyz and blah 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 and you, you can make an argument things have changed but I don't think anybody could necessarily make the argument that auto tunes has has made music worse, quote 
quote unquote. You wouldn't hate rap music now, but you wouldn't hate a rap music if it was just generic ass rapper rappers over crossover beats before this anyway. I think that at the end of the day, there's a certain level of fear of it. I think my concern, and I, I don't know about you, Stone, is when it comes to monetary shit and how that'll lead in yeah. the future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's like really interesting too, just because. On one hand, you know, obviously, if you're, it, it's like a weird like version of sampling, right? <laughs> when you think about yeah. it, you know, you're sampling Drake's voice, you're sampling Rihanna's voice or Jay Z's voice, kind of, sorta. So maybe like there's a precedent there, um, you know. But you know, also too, I I, I just think that, um, you know, my other fear is that you know there. I mean, I I do think there will be like an AI generated artist that takes off. You know, we had like FKN Mecca, right? Which, you know, I think would probably take off. Like if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, it was racist and they didn't actually, didn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they actually didn't have, they had like a real guy behind the vocals. In hindsight, yo, that was, I, I, you know, not a f- big fan of Takashi 6ix9ine, but that was a really huge Takashi 6ix9ine, but the image and the beats too. So even then, it's like, it's AI, but it's also very interesting to see who he pulled from. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I could see something that like that happening, but it'd be really interesting to kind of see what that training data is, right? Like, if you have true, AI rapper, true. you know, and you, you, you train it on, like, Takashi 6ix9ine, XXXTentacion, like, you know, like, Lil Pump, like, whatever, like, and that rapper becomes famous, like, do they get any royalties off of that? I mean, <laughs> should they or will they? They absolutely should. Will they? <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, like, yeah, like not, they, there could just be like a R&B star, right? A blue eyed soul star Oof. that's fed all of these Oof. R&B like tracks, right? Oof. And that person or that thing becomes famous. Or even it's like, you know, it's like a Millie Vanilli thing where it's just like everybody loves a track and like maybe they just like do a lip sync in a live tour. But, you know... You know, that's, you know, somebody else's voice or some a collection of other people's voices and it's most likely most likely a black Jeez. voice. You know? Dude, the Doom bots. You could do imagine how easy you could do the Doom bots if you could actually sound like Doom. Uh, dude, exactly. Although I do have to say, Ooh. now that I'm saying this out loud, um, that's basically like all of nineties house was like <laughs> um the one lady from like um It's Rain and Men, that track, but she was like over like overweight. So they use oh, yeah. all stand-ins. <laughs> so it's probably the same energy. You know, it's the same energy. It's like history repeats itself. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's And the thing is, what, what I'm afraid of is like the idea of where like clearly certain markets will change drastically. Like I can imagine like if you're doing some really basic soundtrack work, you know, you could just have the computer create like a whole bunch of generic like not really necessarily ambient, but simple scores and it's kind of chopped and the editor kind of just, all right, this sounds cool for this scene, put it up there. Uh, and, and, and less about the quality of AI, but more about the quality of said tracks. It could definitely like do a lot of real soundtrack work considering how many throwaway ar- songs artists throw onto fucking soundtracks since the beginning of time. <laughs> true, true. And I, I, I do, I do have to say like, I, you know, some YouTube beat producers might be in trouble. Oh no! Like a type beat oh, is basically a no. human kind of doing AI when you think about it. Wow! <laughs> like, yeah. Dead ass. 
And then like, yeah, shit. And the only thing is, I guess, luckily, at least in this current era of music, there really isn't like a mixtape culture. There really isn't like a, a Napster culture. But I'm like, if there's ever a weird underground where you can kind of put things together, and nobody really cares. How many fucking AI... Like we're gonna, it's gonna be like the old school Kazawa. Somebody puts up like you know system of a down underscore Jay Z, and then it's fucking. Except back then, there'd be some other weird band trying to promote their shit. Now it might actually be like those two artists <laughs> put together. <laughs> well, that's like the one guy. Oh, no. Yeah, like the the one guy who dropped a Jay Z track. He was trying to promote his own shit, and shit. like you know, he got on MP- MKBHD oh. and like you know got like on like you know oh, all these no. publications. And you can't knock the hustle. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, the, the fucking mashup era is back. The mashup era is going to be worse now. It's like we gave these kids nukes. It's going to be girl talk out there playing the worst remixes of all time because they don't really exist. Fuck. Oh. Yeah, like, like I said, it's, 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 I think a lot of it is being a little extra eager. I think here's my thing. It's like, look. It's going to be some dope, generally human-first shit made out of AI. I think definitely it's going to broaden horizon and make a lot of interesting music in the future. I think, unfortunately, as humans, we're not responsible as fuck. You know, industry rule number 4080. And as a result, I think it's going to be this, in some weird ways, hopefully not a big hit, but some kind of hit. Somebody's getting hit by the AI stuff. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's dudes doing, like, shitty scores for, like, fucking CSI. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I I do have to say, you know, it's actually kind of funny because uh, shout out to the dude Baratunde Thurston. He was on a podcast I was listening to the other day, and he actually proposed. This is kind of crazy. This is like the convergence of like tech bros, but he was com- he basically proposed that you know if Drake wanted to make a track and verify that it's Drake, right? He can have some type of signature on the blockchain. Oh no. <laughs> That verifies like on the track, this is Drake. And if he w- uploads it to Spotify, Apple Music, etc., like there's some like type of you know way for Spotify to be like, oh, this is actually Drake. I, I and I'm like, I can see that happening. I, I, I could like, and I, it might have to come to that. Are you saying the pod, the blockchain will save us all? Stone? The blockchain will save us all. The blockchain. <laughs> y'all thought the blockchain was dead. Because we're talking about this AI shit. (laughs) This is now a Crypto Bros podcast. (laughs) Fuck that AI shit. Crypto forever, bitches. Crypto forever. Fuck that AI shit. We were here day one. (laughs) They're all fighting in the streets. There's a Starbucks where the cups are getting thrown. (laughs) Two sets of tables. They're all wearing Patagonia vests. Oh man! <laughs> oh Lord. Let's, let's just move to the middle of the. Oh, I I am in the middle of the woods. Go off the grid. You know, have a guitar. You know, ukulele. Shit. That's that's Damn. what we need to. You know, that that's like the energy we need right now. Back, back to acoustic rap covers, basically out, <laughs> out here. <laughs> You're going to go to a show. It's going to be like Jay-Z and some like two people with ukulele <laughs> and a box as a drum trying to recreate fucking Big Pimpin. Somebody, somebody has to come out and verify like the box is real because the metaverse is still a thing too, y'all. 
Man, humans are frauds. Uh, and on and on latter real notes, uh, as usual, you could tell every time April hits, there's a smell of flowers. You know, kids are outside, they're cheering, and then suddenly you see this this flock of beach hats and flowery dresses and cocaine making their way west to the Palm <laughs> Desert. <laughs> What could only mean another season of Coachella? <laughs> you know, I was, I was telling Reg, you know, I went to L.A. for the Coachella weekend one. And it's like, oh, you're out here for Coachella? No, dude, I, I literally didn't know what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's the energy I'm on right now. I was like, oh, Coachella's this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. But yeah, no, Coachella. As usual, back there, you know, if you're if you're young, frolicking, you know, mid twenties, trying to go out there and party, Coachella was there for you. I mean, generally, here's the thing: we, I feel like we slag on Coachella a lot, we slag on Golden Voice a lot, and trust me, they fucking deserve it. But at the end of the day, it's cool to have this really big festival. I remember reading about reading and all these other festivals overseas, and like, yo, it looks really cool, and I wish blah blah blah. And then Coachella kind of brought it to the U.S. market. Um, I will give Coachella even additional props, so put this on the calendars, of the fact of where generally, you know, I know I've seen articles that kind of go in on the programming, you know, and kind of say it's kind of generic. But overall, for a festival, considering what it is, they try. Like, oh, yeah. It feels like, yeah, because it could definitely be much, much, much worse. I mean, you had dinner party, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they in... Whoever programs it, all things considered, and I'm not going to give a lot of props, but, you know, considering the money and the stakes involved, I think some of the programming they do is relatively, like, it's, it, it is kind of inspired. I, I, like, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I like you know, and there's, like, a couple people I know who actually play Coachella, which is really cool. Shout out to Eric Calandia, who, like, played, who, who like, DJed the, the Sahara tent, you know, and it's just, like, there's, you know, and she's not like a huge, huge, huge DJ and artist, but like they do have, like a like they do kind of like mix up like up and coming artists with obviously like your like your larger names, and I think the breadth of like their you know booking is is commendable, right? It's not all hip hop, it's not all like you know like rock, it's not all like EDM. Uh, there's a mix of like uh, of different sounds. Sometimes they'll have like somebody like a you know like like an older artist come out and headline as well, you know, which is really cool. Um, so it's definitely like booking festivals is hard, and they got something for everyone. Which so I and booking it for two weekends too is crazy. Um, so I yeah I can't I can't get mad. Like I, I think I'm more like old man you know screaming at the cloud for the attendees as opposed to like the festival itself. Yeah, no, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, slightly out of the range, but, you know, overall looking at it objectively, like I said, you had, you know, you definitely had some up and coming R&B artists. You definitely had some like, like punk ship bands who like, like a band called Scow, who I'm pretty sure has probably never played a room more than like, you know, 700 people, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you gave these people a lot of like these really massive, massive crowds and, you know, respect to DJ culture. Like, you know, that wasn't the only like, you know, up and coming DJ. When they, it's the kind of place where they could basically book fucking 18 versions of whoever the modern Tiesto is, but they're like, whatever, we'll yeah. have it diverse, we'll have it different, have different kinds of sounds. So yeah, so like, you know, ultimately, you know, generally I try to check out some of the acts, 
Um, this year I was a little bit more tied to the couch because it was kind of a little bit cold and miserable in New York. And I, you know, again, like respected them because I know they've been slowly growing where I'd be like some of the acts and, you know, maybe for like a day it would be on there, but they really, all things considered, like I said, it, and it feels weird because usually I'm slacking off on Coachella, like even their Coachella, even like their streams, overall, all things considered, we're solid. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. there were a lot of cha- things changed around. A lot of ad- acts changed. You know, a lot of acts fucking dropped. Something like a lot of acts. You know, one act in particular dropped out. Some acts was overran on time. So it was like, I can't say that, you know, everything I wanted to see, I was able to see. But all things considered, can I really be mad at a place to let me go see, you know, Jaipal, Rosalia, and like fucking, you know, Zadana? You know what I'm saying? I can't really... You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah. Zendaya. What am I saying? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought I thought you were talking about Jadena. <laughs> yeah, Jadena shows up, <laughs> which which is actually possible. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, here on chance. The, the conch, the beautiful conch. <laughs> um, it, it's also kind of cool. Like, there's an artist I follow. Uh, her name is uh, Uncle Waffles. She's a DJ of South Africa. She played Coachella, and it was like a huge thing for her. You know, like being from South Africa, like coming to the States, like, you know, um, she's it's 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 like a different flavor Afrobeat. I, I think like like I forgot the, the actual name of it, but it's kind of actually a little bit minimalist Afrobeat, uh, if that's a thing, if I could call it that. Um, and, you know, like like she's like dancing with Sierra on the TikTok. Right. And it's just like even for artists who are like, you know, playing the 12, 12 o'clock p.m. bill. You know, a Coachella like look is huge. You know, so yeah, um, yeah no, shout and out, I, yeah, no, no, I, yeah. And I was gonna say like even and even a twelve o'clock bill at Coachella isn't a, it's not the same exact thing as having a twelve o'clock bill somewhere else. People are there all day. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna say the whole crowd is there, but it's not like you show up and it's just as unfortunately a lot of bands kind of generally force their headliners. To, I mean, their their openers to do like you know doors at eight and shows actually start at fucking seven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we're gonna rate Coachella from our couch. (laughs) 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 You know, um, I mean, you know, look, like we didn't get that VIP ticket, so next, 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 next year we'll be hanging out with Kylie, Kylie Jenner. Actually, no, not even for even for real money, I wouldn't go hang out with Kylie Jenner at Coachella. (laughs) That just sounds like hell. You know what's so sad? I feel like an old man's like, wait, she's married to Travis Scott or Travis Barker? Shit. <laughs> that I think I think that one is Travis Scott's baby mama. Okay. Don't quote me on that but one. But like All somebody right. else is married or was Travis Barker. Yes, Travis Travis Parker, which then you know that now yeah, you got two booze that could kind of actually maybe could have played I mean, Coachella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, there's a quick couple comments. I mean, I think the biggest one everybody knows about was Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean was supposed to play. He was supposed to play 2020. Something happened in 2020. We won't mention what. Obviously, that didn't happen. But it's been a couple of years. I don't know the exact amount, but I think about seven years since the last time he's played any place. Yeah. So there was a lot of eager behind it. There were rumors of new records that had come out. You know, it was definitely an all eyes on him moment. And he just kind of went up there and half-assed it. Um, There's rumors around it. 
Some were like he's being being a little prima donna. Some were basically like, you know, they had this elaborate setup of involving an ice rink, which is confirmed. And that because they couldn't get it together logistically, they kind of slashed it. And from that point on, it was kind of like, what can I do to kind of make it seem fun? But um, but yeah, so long story short, he went out. He played a couple of new arrangements, which the crowd wasn't necessarily happy with. But they said generally tended to look like they actually enjoyed it. And then you had a situation of where, you know, some songs he just kind of just sat there and danced a little bit. So for the most part, people kind of felt shortchanged. To those people, I would say I kind of get it, but I kind of not. Just because it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you still got to see Frank Ocean. He still did some songs. And I kind of get you have this word like, well, he owed us. He owed us. And I, I hate to be a dick. As somebody who's gone to many big festivals, as somebody who's gone to Coachella, the idea you were going to show up to see this one act among 20,000, 20,000, 200,000 motherfuckers, and it was going to be worth it, was highly unlikely. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I understand, you know, this is like Frank Ocean's like first performance in a long time. You know, again, for the millennials... You know, Channel Orange and Blonde were like, you know, like those were were, were like the, the, the key millennial, like, you know, touch points. So I could see that I could understand the hype. And, you know, obviously where, you know, my like condolences for the people who like bought tickets for to see Frank Ocean in. This is like it's not like you flew all the way out there to see a Frank Ocean show. You also yes. saw <laughs> like a hundred yes. other acts. <laughs> and if you didn't do that, you did something wrong, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I, I think it's, it's, I don't know. Like, like one of these things that that this really bugs me. I think about Frank Ocean is just like I, I do think that you have a like obligation to your fans, you know. And you know, if you don't, you know, like look, if you don't like to perform, if you don't want to perform, I get it. But you know, don't sign, don't take the bag and sign the check, right? Um, yeah, agreed. And and you know, there are kind of these rumors saying that he's like he was injured and blah blah. blah didn't really look injured on stage. Also, I've seen injured performers perform in a wheelchair. You know, as long as you're not like <laughs> having <laughs> cardiac arrest or, or like whatever. <laughs> Like you should be out there is is my opinion. So it, it's 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 a it's a bad look. Um, I you know like I I like Frank Ocean. I really like his his music. I'm not like a super fan, but you know I I think at this point you you just like do the fans a disservice, and you know like cool. You think you can you can just like do whatever because like you know I don't know how he's making money. You know he's not put out anything in like seven years. But people are going to remember that. And if you want to do like a, a tour of Madison Square Garden in like three years, are you going to sell it out? Because people are going to have that, like your super fans are going to have that in the back of their head. So, you know, agreed. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's also a certain and look, I, I get mental health stuff. I get real life stuff. I, I get all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, and I, and I forget who an artist kind of said, they were like, look, I understand that, you know, when I go out and perform for these, you know, for me, is this another Tuesday for these people? This is like they saved up two weeks yeah. they had to call out from work. They had to do X, Y, Z. And, you know, like I, like I get the the idea of a bigger like, you know, festival. And there's a lot of little things happening. So, you know, you've got a lot of bang for your buck, buck no matter what. But at the end of the day, there is a certain level of fandom. You know, there's things like people touched by your art. And I'm not going to say you owe them anything. 
that said, you know, Frank Ocean, you know, Frank Ocean is, is an artist who is basically doing songwriting only stuff for Def Jam and basically hung out with a whole bunch of weirdo skater kids a couple of years younger than him to basically get put on because obviously there's a certain level of, you know, of he wanted to be a star. He wanted to do things at a certain level. And, you know, and and again, respect to him. It's like at the end of the day, these are fantastic records. Now, at that same time, there comes with a little, I don't want to say responsibility, but it's like you got a fandom. You know, saying so you guys, you know, the even though I'm kind of going in a little bit on it, you know, the, there definitely were some like people who got their feelings hurt. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of get, again, the idea of plans get switched, mental health, XYZ. So you don't necessarily owe anybody anything. But, you know, if it's something where it just is what it is and an accident happens and you really wanted to put on the best show, I get it. If it was just on some like, eh, well, whatever, I wanted to do this shit and it didn't work out, so blah, 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 you kind of have to, you know, respect your fans, kind of, people who are there. You kind of always want to do it, put on a good show, particularly with a whole bunch of other motherfuckers who are working their asses off. Yeah. So, you know, you got Rosalia out here with like a thousand to one GoPros doing this weird documentary live video thing. You got fucking Kishinado with the fucking satanic evil head glowing eyes. Like, you got all these other artists kind of bringing a certain level of energy because they're at Coachella. And so what does that say about them? If, you know, you show up there on something like, well, fuck it, you know, like pretending you're just kind of just doing this weird karaoke by yourself yeah. as opposed to yeah. hundreds of thousands. And, and you have the the highest bag out of anybody as a headliner. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, right. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so, I mean, just to, just really sum it all up, you know. Um, so, Frank Ocean wasn't really fun. You know, unfortunately, the opener for Frank Ocean, Bjork, apparently also got booed. Um, she kind of went there a little bit more orchestral mode. I can't say I've never seen uh, Coachella with slower bands kind of do really well. I remember Massive Attack did pretty well, and you wouldn't say necessarily they got quote-unquote bangers. But, uh, but yeah, no, it kind of shows you to a certain extent how much of a lifestyle to go, I guess, on the opposite way to kind of shit on Coachella, how much of it is just kind of lifestyle. So if it's, if it's not selfieable, if it's not something you kind of put on the gram, nobody cares sometimes. Yeah. Number one, hiking boo Bjork. Really? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not surprised. You know, so you say that she was supposed to open for Frank Ocean. The same stage. Apparently. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's like really weird with fans now, right? Like, um, cause I know like, you know, when Tyler, the creator brought out Drake at like the golf wing festival, people were booing because they actually thought that like Frank Ocean was going to be there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Drake's I, revenge. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, I, I, I feel like fans with, in the social media era, I feel like an old man, but you know, like they, they, they know that the, the booze affect them because like you generally like, you know, the artists will go on social media and like, you know, react to it. And unfortunately, like the fans feel like they have like all the power. Um, I, you know, it's just disrespectful. Like I, I, I'm the type of person where if I got to a live show, I really don't like people talking at a live show, you know, uh, or like talking through like the opening act, like things like that. It's disrespectful. Like it's just if you don't like the, the the person, like fine, cool. Like go to like you know whatever and do lines of coke or like <laughs> take whatever like edible is legal in California. Um, but like don't like go out and 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 boo people. That's just like crazy. Yeah, no, it sucks. It sucks. But I, I get and I guess on the flip side of positive, Jay Paul actually exists. <laughs> 
Uh, so uh, yeah, to catch, to catch everybody up, you know, long story short, ten years ago there was a very influential artist called Jay Paul who was very big during the blog era. Had a single that was doing really well, was supposed to drop an album, and lo and behold, his tracks got stolen um, and leaked online. As a result of his tracks getting leaked, him having no control of the masters, he effectively said, fuck y'all, I quit, and effectively quit music for the last 10 years. Uh, since then, he's been popular, he's been... Not necessarily as far as getting big placements, but he's somebody who Beyonce has sampled. He's somebody who Drake has sampled. He's somebody whose music still makes regular playlists. So as usual, these things, Coachella came with the bag. And for the most part, from that point on, it was on and popping. Um, I don't know. I thought it was fantastic. I, I thought that all things considered, but hear me out, this man... See, you guys can't see it. Stone's gonna rap. I saw that. I saw the look. I saw the look. I think all things considered, it was great. And I'll pass it to you, Stone. <laughs> so I saw the replay because I was like really excited. Um, you know, like I'm a huge Jai Paul fan. Um, you know, you got to go see him in New York. I I live in the woods now, so it's not <laughs> a possibility for me. Um, it's like one of those things where I'm just like so used to artists putting in 110 and I didn't think he put in 110 for that performance. Like I kind of felt like he was just kind of like out here. Like, you know, I understand like he's, he's probably one of those artists who is definitely a bedroom producer, you know, like, and you know, live performance is probably not something he ever planned to do. And like, maybe he just kind of like did this to challenge himself, but it didn't feel like, I was getting like a performance. I kind of felt like I was getting like a bedroom, like, you know, kind of show. And I understand like the, the excitement around it is like, Oh, this person's really live. This person is like really out here. I'm excited to see this, but it didn't like the, the, when I saw like the, the actual video replay, I was not excited, you know? No, here's the thing. And, uh, cause I look at it a couple of ways. So it definitely wasn't hype. Like for the most part, his stage setup had like a rock in the middle. There was a huge LCD screen of a whole bunch of like things like like plankton and almost very nature trippy channely. You know, I think what I liked about it was the fact of where, you know, he's effectively a new artist, right? Right now, like for the most part, even though he's been around for ten years, he he's almost like Captain Captain America in the fucking ice, <laughs> where he just thought <laughs> out. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit, I got to go do shit suddenly. And I, I think I kind of judging it through that lens. I thought he actually sounded good. I thought the band sounded good. I, again, I agree with you. He was pretty stiff on stage, very stiff on stage, actually. Um, but I have a sticky suspicion. It reminded me of very early weekend. That's the way I can describe it. To yeah, you, I the, can see that. Performance. I can see that. So I... So the fact that he was able to go out there and, and even though I said that the AI thing kind of tongue in cheek, the fact he was able to kind of do it and, oh, this guy's not a fraud. You know, his voice sounds different or he can't really hit the notes or the band's off. Like, this is something where if I saw him like before the mixtape, if if I saw him at, like fucking Music Hall of Williamsburg, you know what I'm saying? Like that first word out, first show, I won't be too mad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so that's why I was like, I kind of, in my mind, I was like, all right, I kind of get it. But 
I agree with you. At the same time, was it like exciting? Was it something to write like home about? No, he was kind of sat on stage and he moved his hands a little bit. And then that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I mean, I think I had like very high expectations, you know? Um, but, and I, and I think that's the thing. I, it, it's, I don't know, like, like live performances, it's something that, you know, you either, like there are people who are born to perform, you know, there's people who yeah. are born to like take the stage and like for a lot of people, it just doesn't come natural, um, which makes sense as a human thing to be nervous to like, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I probably just had like very high expectations. But, you know, I'm glad that mm-hmm. he's out here. I'm glad he's doing on tour, getting his bag, you know, like the whole story around like the tracks being leaked and him like just going into a depression, like things like that. So, um, you know, like 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 more power to him. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, it's it's at least let me put it this way: at least somebody showed up for their show. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> and uh, on to new music. New music. Um, mine is simple. Be cool, AID. Be Kool Aid. Be Kool Aid. Pink Sifu. Are we? I'm just, these these these. This this spelling is killing me, bro. Killing me. <laughs> killing me today. But uh, but long story short, you got uh, Pink Sifu has a new project out with a producer called Be Cool Aid. Be Cool Aid. Um, basically, it's it's what you kind of I won't say what you expect because that sounds like a bad thing. But ultimately, it's a really solid Pink Sifu album. It's um, I'm gonna kill his name again. Awi Awai Awai does really kind of chill, very heavy '70s soul sample beats. But definitely less like eerie alchemisty, more like upbeat Bobby Womack type, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, it's just kind of like Pink Sifu vibing over this track. It's, it's just a really cool album. And what I find fascinating about Pink Sifu is that uh, he makes really all right. It's gonna sound like a diss, but it's not. He, he makes really dope lo-fi hip hop. And this is yeah. what I mean by that. Not necessarily the stereotype of where it's just like this white bread version of it, what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, Pink Seafood sounds like, if, if I can imagine it somewhere in the 70s where they're smoking Newports and there's a band on stage, that's that's what, that's what his element. Like every time I hear like, like a, a Pink Seafood record he's in that mode, it sounds like literally I could smell like the Newports and I and I see I smell the fucking polyester. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel that vibe. <laughs> and that's kinda cool about it where it's just like it's 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 rare you have a rapper who kinda evokes like you close your eyes and you immediately imagine a music video that's not really like generic. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I like about Pink Sifu and it's kinda album kinda continues that trend. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I, I you know, I, I, I feel like I was an early kind of um pusher of Pink Sifu. Um, but I have not really checked out his later work. Um, but I have to say the dude is prolific. I feel like <laughs> he's putting out albums like left and right. <laughs> he's, he's, he had a baby like a year ago, bro. He's got a family. He got mouths to feed. <laughs> Trying to make it happen. <laughs> uh, well, you know, my, my new music selection is actually kind of old. Um, and I'm still trying to get the, the story around this, but essentially this is the re-release of the Domo Genesis Alchemist album called No Idols. And it's it's really funny because I, I, I can't under like the 
original post on Hip Hop Heads on Reddit was like, oh, like this album like never saw a live day. It's kind of like a mixtape. Maybe it was like a Dat Piff thing, um, blah, blah, blah. And like I was doing some research. It seems like it might have been released at some point. And it it seems like it was released. Um, all the of the rap nerds can like really like help me out here. Um, shoot me a comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I started listening to it. And, you know, it's really interesting because it's like a time capsule of 2012 in a lot of ways. Um, and it's, it's kind of crazy to think about 2012 being a, a decade ago, like more than a decade ago. And, you know, now we're talking about, it, like, you know, almost like not vintage, but it's just kind of interesting to kind of see how, you know, like Tyler, the creator has grown. Like this is like angry Tyler, the creator. You know, angry Domo Genesis, angry Action Bronson. <laughs> you know, it's very classic, almost gangrene era, like, um, you know, alchemist beats. Um, it's like a weird time capsule of a record, but I really appreciate that. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, I, you know, I have a lot of like affection and nostalgia for that era just because like that's kind of where I feel like I came of age in this whole music thing. Um, and it's just like really cool to hear. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think I was expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting, but um, you know, like Dumbo Genesis, like a really interesting rapper from the Odd Future crew. Um, definitely not the most prolific. Obviously, Tyler, Errol, Errol's on there as well. Um, you know, um, are, are kind of like the standouts of the group. But one thing I do have to say is that, you know, like early odd future definitely sounds a little bit dated in my opinion, just cause they're all kind of producing themselves. Like, you know, they had no like mastering whatsoever. It was very much a <laughs> punk rock aesthetic. <laughs> Control, click, save ass in the garage band. Exactly, exactly. Um, maybe even the Windows ninety five machine, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think like um, adding the Alchemist to a tr- to like the production gave um, that kind of odd feature energy a little bit more polished. So it's kind of interesting to kind of see the duality of like odd feature lyrics and like Alchemist beats. So. Shit, yeah. When you said Earl, I was like, "Holy fuck!" So you telling me like Earl and Alc were working like fucking like almost like a decade before? That's like, crazy, right? And both in 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 both modes, like his crazy hellion, you know, throw a skateboard at your head, fucking Earl, and then here's Zend out, you know, beat poets. <laughs> yeah, nihilistic philosopher Earl on this side. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's like you know, like. I'm not surprised it happened, right? Like they all live in LA. They all are in rap, you know, like they're all kind of like probably in the same venues. So like, I'm not surprised, but you know, I mean, I guess like the most surprising is action Bronson, you know, kind of like popping up on like a couple tracks, but um, yeah, like it's not surprising that this, this happened. It's just kind of crazy that, you know, I think it happened 10 years ago. And I guess alchemist is kind of like, I'm on a hot streak you know, and <laughs> I got I got a little bit more of a bag now. So I'm gonna get to get these samples cleared, and like I'm gonna do an actual like re-release, like new album I, art I, and everything. So I, I have twenty thousand of these records in the back, white label. 
I need to push this weight as quickly as possible. <laughs> Now's the time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, and on that note, as usual, we love y'all. Stay safe. Stay woke. Stay woke. Yeah, stay woke. That's, 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 stay I feel woke. like we could say that. I, f- I feel like we kind of, that weird phase is pat over again. We can start slowly reclaiming it and slowly. I feel like we could work our way back. You know, it's going to get banned in Florida. But, right, stop, how? stop, Tuck, Tuck, stop woke. Bruh. Stop woke. Disney's going to, Disney's out in these streets. Tucker's out, Tucker's literally homeless in these streets. I think we're, I think we're going to count on to win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, I'm going to land in Miami and get arrested. They're like, you said woke. <laughs> You said woke yesterday. <laughs> Not to be funny, I would actually before the baton hits me in the head and puts me in a coma, I would actually die laughing if the woke police pulled me over. <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely ease the pain. <laughs> don't give, don't give DeSantis any ideas. It's like woke police, so we have police, but they they combat wokeness. Oh shit. It's gonna like twirl his fucking mustache like a you know twenties like you know villain. Walk inside. This McDonald's too diverse. Too much diversity. What are you white people doing in this McDonald's? This is a black neighborhood. God save us all. Uh, but yeah, I just want to love y'all. Stay safe. Stay woke, and then take care of yourselves. Peace. Peace.